Look, I did it with my body. Do it again. I did a little body roll. Uh. Oh, so you're doing a body roll with my hello, everyone. Yeah. Okay, ready? Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? You that are that worked. That yeah. worked. Oh, did it, Pastor Tony? You are now listening to. <laughs> Coming to you live. I'm your host, Shadea Andes. And of course, next to me is the senior leadership of Torque New York, starting with Pastor Nathan Cassis. Hello. Pastor Tony Cassis. Good day. Good day. Wow. Ah, and Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi, guys. Hi. So we have a gym-packed, gym-tastic <laughs> portal for you guys today. Oh. Gemmongous. Gemmongous. Gemnormous? Oh. <laughs> Gemnormous. Okay. Like okay. Get carried enough. away, guys. Get carried. All right, all right. I thought I would get it out there, you know. Um, We have a great conversation prophetic conversation and more coming to you live and direct we are on with a live audience today but also a live audience on our other platform called facebook um so again don't forget to like us on facebook to join in on the conversation ask questions and get some gems while you're at it um but first pastor tony had a sermon. It's actually Thursday, by the way, for those <laughs> who are listening to this week's uh, portal. It's actually Thursday. It's not on Monday. Um, but we're still the same portal as per usual, as if it was a Monday. So we're going to let Pastor Tony kick us off with this conversation, and then we'll give you the details on what we have called this portal in particular. So take it away, Pastor Tony. We're giving each other eyes because... <laughs> it's a lot um, of eyes going back and forth here. My word on Sunday, uh, both morning and evening were not, are not really related to the portal, but nevertheless we're going to talk about a very interesting subject, and that is the Holy Spirit can really move powerfully when you get the revelation of what he does personally, and that can cover healing, ministry, um, the way you do business, it, you cannot live on a, the revelation of someone else and try and superimpose that in your own life. So really, it's another way of saying 
you have to hear the Lord yourself in order to see the miraculous or see the glory of God. And there's no problem being encouraged by other people's testimonies, uh, even um, using principles they may have used, but only after you have heard the Holy Spirit tell you what his will is on that situation, because otherwise you're trying to, again, formulate um, someone else's revelation in your own life. And you know what formulas do? They disappoint and they take you off track. So on Sunday, I did touch a little bit on this because I was talking about how we are all in New York City uh, by divine design, by divine mandate. We, I know that my family is here because we all heard the Lord speak to us personally about moving here and living here and establishing a church here. It wasn't done as clear as I'm saying now, but that's the, that's the fun part for the Lord Jesus. Uh, he, he, it's not that he likes to uh, keep us confused, but he, he does love the fact that we're constantly going back to him for clarification, for direction, for correction even. And so Nate and I were talking about the process, his, his favourite subject, uh, recently, because it came up in our daily readings uh, a few weeks ago where uh, Jacob, the patriarch, was in Egypt with his son Joseph, who, who he thought was dead for 13 years, by the way. Um, and then when Joseph gets restored to him, you know, they spend a short time together and then Jacob knows that it's his time to pass. So he calls his son Joseph in for like a you know, last visit before he dies. And Joseph deliberately brought Manasseh and Ephraim to Jacob, deliberately putting Manasseh on Jacob's right and Ephraim on uh, Jacob's left because Manasseh was the firstborn and Ephraim was the second of the two boys. And um, as they were approaching for that blessing, um, Jacob deliberately swapped his hands over. He put his, he put his right hand on Ephraim and his left hand on Manasseh. And Joseph objected. He went, no, 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 my father. This one is the older one. And Jacob said, I know, my son, I know. And the, young, the older one will be blessed, but the younger one will be the dominant tribe the drop the you know like the the firstborn blessing will go to Ephraim now when we were talking Nate you, you and I both agreed that right at that point Jacob we believe would have been very very convicted or at least reflecting on how his life went because his mother and he manipulated Isaac to get the blessing yeah I think he would have thought at that time we yeah. said and this came up if I can kind of preface this, because I was going through a personal trial to do with something that was brought up in our family. And I said to my parents, I said, I need to, like, not confess, but I need to share my heart with you because something is griping in me that isn't responding to the Holy Spirit. We talked about the week before the flow of the Holy Spirit and the vibration. And I said, I don't want this thing in me to stiffen up, you know? And, I, and it was in relation to my, I was sick. And I knew when I had gotten sick yeah. in the sense of the flu and the breathing and the congestion because something in me had stiffened up. 
And it was this thing that was trying to hold me in a spirit of judgment, self-righteousness and unforgiveness. And I said to my parents, I said, I was examining in my course, talking about like, you know, the thoughts. And I thought, okay, yeah, Joseph forgave his brothers. But I said, I mean, let's be real. Let's be honest. Joseph would have still had to, f- to fight through the memory of what they did to him living with them in Egypt. Like I said to the hypothetical situation is like if he sees his brother in the corner speaking to an Egyptian, you know, minister, the enemy would have thrown at Joseph, what, what's he doing? What's he doing? I need to find out, you know? And because um, that was something that was coming up in me. And why I'm tying that in is because pastor said, you know, um, we were talking about, how when we take things out of God's hands because we don't get around our, our own personal revelation, this is how it ties in, then we will always end up producing these Ishmael circumstances. Like to me, Jacob never got the revelation that he was meant to be the one with the birthright. He always went on his mother's. And because he went on his mother's, he didn't get it from God himself. He didn't face it himself. He didn't go to God himself. But what pastor said to me clicked because Pastor Tony said, I reckon, strain word, I conclude that when Jacob did that, he would have finally clicked in his head, ah, this is how God wanted to do it with me, with my father. But I never gave him the chance. And all of that heartache that could have been saved from the, you know, breaking down of relationship with his brother, from all of that stuff. Like, as Jacob was doing that to his in his grandsons, I believe that the Holy Spirit would have gone, ding, ding, ding. This could have been what I did with you. Because I said to Pastor Robin, sometimes we don't know the way that God would have planned to bring us into our destiny and our fulfillment. And we've only learnt it via trial. And I always have said, when I get to heaven, I want to ask the Lord, like, I want to see the the way that he had before I kicked against the goad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, from the moment Jacob was born, he was the one. Because he came out holding on to the heel of Esau. And that word was prophesied over him. So God had a plan mm. from so, that moment. So there's many reasons, yeah. many, many reasons why we don't go for a revelation. Yep. Uh, one of them can be fear mm. and the other can just be laziness. Yeah. And I think Jacob was. Yeah. And so fear is a major one. And so, uh, you know, um, the revelation that we need to go for really brings us to a place where we face the hard word from God. Can God say a hard word to us? When I say a hard word, can he face the subject and talk real to you? That's the key here. So a lot of reasons we don't go for the revelation is the fear that God's going to be the enemy. Mm. And Pastor, even in that, what you're saying, Esau never had a relationship with God. But if he had gone to God and faced the hard word, 
God might have said to him, you're not the one. Could he handle that? Could he handle the fact that he wasn't the one to be blessed with the birthright? So when I say... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I do. You've got one Esau with laziness and you've got Jacob who was an intellect. Maybe his thinking, maybe his pleasing of men, wanting to please his mother, maybe his loyalty to his mother was what he rested on. Because in the scripture, when you read it, it's because of Rebecca's words that Jacob did what he did. Mm. Rebecca was the one that said, go and do this. Mm. God told me, God told me, your brother's going to serve you. But Jacob never got that from God himself. Oh, no, he didn't. And this is and, the and danger of it. Do you, wow. do you think that he could have got it? Interesting thought. Do you think that God would have given it to him? Maybe he would have. Maybe he wouldn't have. But but the key here is this. Um, you know, revelation, it, it requires going close to God. Yeah, come on. You've got to move in close to God. You're not going to get a revelation on the outskirts of something. And Esau definitely wasn't close to God. You know what I'm saying? He was an out he was living on the outskirts. So he was. So I, I really yeah. want to go there on this one because um you know uh most people are you know are, are living on everybody else's revelations. And and you know, that's great if you get that revelation, but mm -hmm. if you just live on the outskirts or on the coat you know, tale of somebody's revelation or jumping on the bandwagon of what they've got, you know, it, it'll last for a time, Sinead. Mm -hmm. It'll last for a time. But there's going to come a time when you won't be able to wing it anymore. Mm. Because revelation involves faith. Mm. Revelation involves belief, you know, mm -hmm. and revelation involves communication and relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think God's going to talk to you great revelation about something if you're a stranger? Mm. You've got to get closer. Now, what I mean by getting closer, you've got to be ready to go face to face with the Lord the Holy Spirit, go face to face with him and say those hard words. Mm. What do I mean by that? Well, do you want to do that for me, God? Yeah. No, no, we would rather hang on to scriptures and quote scriptures. And in our heart not believe them. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're head scriptures. Heart scriptures, No. No, they're not heart scriptures. We quote. We quote. But you don't know what you just said, which I have to point out. You said, because we call this in the description facing the giant, and this is a big key. For a lot of us, to face the giant does not mean to face the enemy. No, it's face God or yourself. It means to face. Can you face the Holy Spirit yeah. face to face? 
and have him tell you. Can, can you be like Moses, talk to face to face with God and say, Moses, you're not going into the promised land. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Jeez. That's the hard That's word. That's a hard word. Mm. You've led all these people for all these years. You've tasted glimpses of it. You know, I'll, I'll let you taste it in a prophetic way, but you're not going to be the one that takes them in. And it says in the scripture, Moses spoke face to face. Wow. And that, that's the hard word. You see? Jesus. And that hard word is important to, to a revelation. Mm. And I say it's a hard word not because he's going to say something wrong or something bad, but you have to go there. Mm. And we don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. We want someone else to get it. We want to jump on the bandwagon of it. Mm-hmm. You, you know what? You understand what I'm saying? 100%. Oh, yeah, you got it. Uh, uh, yeah, I believe it. Why? You believe it? Did you get it? Oh, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. I got, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but when you face the hard word, it's I'm going to look at you, God, and I'm going to say, is somebody going to live or are they going to die? That's a hard word. It is. But if you don't face it, you're going to be lingering on the outskirts for a long time, never, ever knowing the will of God in it. Mm. What do you say, Pastor? Uh, I made a statement (laughs) and you guys have just taken it to the umpteenth level, so I'm just learning as I go. I I think my biggest problem is fear, fear that the Lord will tell me a truth that I'm sort of not ready to hear. But and the other fear is if I step out and miss it, mm. that also works on me as well. Like I'll step out, I believe I've heard you, but somewhere That's down That's why you go to him and yeah. ask him, did I hear you? That's the hard word. Yeah. Mm. See, that's beyond the point because of fearing missing out. It means you're prepared to go and ask, right. did I hear you? See, then he can say, no, you didn't. Yes, you did. Well, I mean, I'm talking about a scenario where you believed you, the Lord has spoken to you. Again, but same principle Somewhere works. down the track, either someone else or circumstances start telling you, no, you didn't hear God at all. No. See, again, the principle works because it's between you and the Lord. It's not between three people. Yeah. Mm. It's only Mm. between two. two. I think what you said, quickly before we go into the break, is when you said, uh, I'm afraid, like, uh, if I step out and then I've heard him, this is what Pastor said to us, to me and Ali this week, but what is the fear? Like, okay, if you missed it, what is the fear that you hold on to? Are you afraid that he's going to toss you away? No, I I won't believe that voice anymore. I tend not to think okay. to trust that mm. voice anymore. But I'm saying what a lot of people fear is that the that he's going to toss them away. No, my, my fear you know? is I've believed something in my head that isn't God and that makes me afraid because I don't want to miss God. Okay, well, that's a different type of fear. So there so are many different type of fears that can stop so you from going. That's a valid fear, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. That means you're in trouble with God eventually because you keep saying this is God and if it isn't... But see what you just said? That means you're in trouble with yeah. God. This still goes back 
to a performance mindset. I, I want to come in. Please. Because I'm going to hit me, take me in there. You have the wrong concept of God. If you think whatever God tells you is not going to be good for you. You have the wrong concept. So if, if you're telling him, did I hear you on this? And he says to you, no, not that way or something like that. Or you missed it. Or you missed it. Do you think he's going to say, oh, you missed it? No, he's no. not ever going to say to you, you missed it. That's never going to come out of God. He's going to say, I had something better for you. He's always going to be going forward, going up. Okay. Holy Spirit encourages. Okay? He comforts. Yes, he convicts of sin, but that's not sin. That's yes, not sin. That's, that's it right there. That's it right so there. So he he will tell you, I know a better way. You chose the less way. See, if you think it's just black and white where Holy Spirit just says, you missed it, then you don't understand what the Holy Spirit's work is. Mm. He's not there just to straighten you out. He's there to comfort you, console you. He's there to encourage you. So he's never going to say, guys, never going to say, oh, you missed it. Mm. And that's what we've been fearing. We've been fearing this, fearing it for a long time. If I go to the Lord, he's, I've got to face what he's going to say to me. Mm. If I go to the Holy Spirit, what's he going to say to me? He's going to say good things, whether you think they're good or not. He's going to say good things. Mm. And that's the key here. Now, why is that the case? Because the Holy Spirit's not just a working part of God. He is the third person of the Godhead. Mm-hmm. He is, does the Holy Spirit love? Who does he love? Who does he love? All of us. Thank you. You see, people... going to say me. Yes, you can say me. He loves me. But when I asked you the other day, when you think of love to do with the Godhead, you said father and son. But we never acknowledge Holy Spirit's love for us. So when we go to him, if we acknowledge that and understand that, then we will see differently. There it is, guys. Can we have a break? Yes, I'm, I'm about to go for it right now. We're going to take <laughs> a short break um, and give you guys a little bit to digest before we go into the next bit. 
But stay tuned because we're not over quite yet. So, guys, oh, my goodness, the sub portal was starting to get hot. We had to come back in for you guys so you won't have any fear of missing out. But we were going to start. Um, I know you wanted to share a testimony, Pastor Nathan, to kind of connect where just some preface of, you know, where you were in the state of how the Lord is walking you through what we're kind of talking about now. And, Dr. Robin, you wanted to try to yeah, chime wanted, in about fear. I, I, I wanted to take the word the fear okay we said face the fears so what is the fear can can i give you can i throw some at you yes because you mentioned one that our emotion is a sin you kind of mentioned it when you were talking to pastor tony uh briefly you were saying how sometimes we think that our emotions is sin well, you didn't say it like that, but I'm just throwing it out mm. there. To, I'm throwing it to you. Yeah, okay. That's one um, fear. It, it's not, it's not a, a sin to face the hard work, mm. to face God, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and hear what he says. Right. And it's not lack of faith. No. And I think that needs to be said. Another yes. example to back that up is... When we were believing for a building, our first ever building, we were in Jazz Gallery and we were originally set on an, a space in Upper um, Harlem, yes. right? Yeah. And yeah. it just wasn't clicking. It wasn't clicking. Nothing was setting into place. It was just like it was a hard trek. And I remember Pastor Robin coming into us in our old apartment in our prayer room And she's like, we have to face this. Did we hear God say, this is the place? Mm. And then we we threw all the nice, well, I mean, it's going to be used for his glory. Like it's got this uh, ability. It's got this ability. And, you know, and um, we can make it work. And I mean, I I know I threw all that stuff. Yeah. You know, and um, but actually it was Pastor Tony who went, took us back to the original word that God had given us. And it was that it would be a prime location, and his we went on his we we went on his personal revelation, mm-hmm. right? That he saw thousands of people walking the streets, mm-hmm. and he saw emerald windows. And if we hadn't faced the fact that we had maybe let circumstance divert us off. Mm. We never would have come back to the original revelation that God had given you. I remember Pastor Robin saying that. Have we missed God? And in my thinking, I was like, hang on, but that's lack of faith. We're going to believe no matter what. But Mm. the fact that we said, have we missed God? The fact that we were honest enough to ask that question brought us to the place where God could say, right, now I'm going to remind you of what I said. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that there's... um there's uh, there's several layers of faith. There's a blind faith, and there's a presumptuous faith, and then there's assuming faith. And uh, and the whole thing, none of them are wrong. Nothing. But when I say, "Have we missed God?" 
that is, are we game enough to go to God and ask God? It's being courageous to go to him and say, you know what, I'm going to ask you the hard word because I know that you love me, you care, and you're going to do the best for me. The best for me. But we go and, and tie up fear in that and we miss so much of that relationship that we should have to be able to ask these words. We should have a relationship with God that we know he's going to do the best for us. But we will fear going because we want something so much, you know. We will fear going because of all sorts of reasons and we won't let God show us, the Holy Spirit show us what's best for us. I don't think the people caught that, Dr. Robin. They got quiet. They got real quiet in here. I don't think anybody caught that last bit. They ain't want to hear. We what we turned a blind ear said, real quick. You said we will fear going to God. Oh yes, because of what He might say to us. Yeah, because yeah. what we think is best for us is not yeah. really. Well, that's a good way of saying <laughs> He knows what's best, and the key to it is and because we desire things so much. And yeah, well, said. we know that that's yeah. an idol in the heart. Yeah. We know uh. all that. <laughs> But I'm talking about where do you commune with the Holy Spirit? On the outskirts of faith or right in the centre where he operates? Now, I've taught it so much in a communion with God, counseled by God, abiding in Christ, all of them. Be in the centre where his love pivots on everything. Wow. And I remember just going back you to that example. Those? Pastor, you remember that, going back to that example, when Pastor actually came to us as the male leaders and said, we all need to go before the Lord and ask him, have we missed it? You know, and it wasn't a negative thing. It was because... But are we living on someone else's revelation? Are we living on someone else's faith? Yeah. Are we too scared to go and ask for ourselves? Wow. Why? Why don't we go and ask for ourselves? There's many reasons why we don't go. Fear, like I said, laziness is another one. You know mm. And not wanting to give up what we believe, you know. And that's what pastors said. You know, you're wanting it so much. And then God just saying, hey, this has become an idol in your heart. But when you come to the point where you have to start to get your own revelation, mm. This could be a matter of life and death. Mm. What are you going to do? Live on else, someone else's revelation over a life and death situation? Absolutely. That's yeah. presumptuous. And that's blind faith. Mm. That's very blind faith. And, and so, you know, going to the Lord and saying like I did, I need to know, you know, mm -hmm. about my daughter. 
you need to tell me. Do you think that was an easy thing, Shania, to face saying, is it life or death? Mm. Now, I've got a whole lot of promises that have been for my daughter in the past mm -hmm. through prophets and through different ones, even her father going home saying that he went so that she would be have a long life in him. Mm -hmm. But I had to get it. Yeah. Me. Pastor had it, correct, Pastor? You had it. But it was no good for you and you to have it. I had to have my revelation from mm. God, from the Holy Spirit. And he would tell me differently than he would tell Nathan because Nathan's the brother, mm -hmm. pastor's the father, mm -hmm. and I'm the mother. Mm -hmm. There are different ways he tells we what we miss out on so much mm. is wanting to take another man's revelation and not having that personal re revelation from God for you mm -hmm. in the situation you're in about that. Mm -hmm. See, could he tell pastor my revelation as right. a mother? No way. Mm. No way. Could he tell my rev you my revelation? No. He cannot. He cannot. And that that's what makes it so absolutely personal. And Pastor, that means that revelation is not a fact. It's an actual revelation is a story. It just yes. It's not a fact. It sure it's is. It's not a one point. No. God's revelation is an unfolding it, story. Revelation is revealing, yeah. unfolding and a, and every, the story. Every character in the story has to play their part yes. in making revelation become full. Yes. If you play your part and I don't play my part, then the story is not made full. So a revelation is a revealing mm. of something good. and it's ongoing. And so we get a word of knowledge. That's a word. Do you hear what I'm saying? A word of wisdom is a word, a tiny thing. But when you are getting a revelation, he starts to reveal and unfold. But if you take someone else's revelation, you don't get that. You, do you understand? This yeah. is this is serious. Now, when I say you can't have another man's revelation, I was very challenged one time. One time when we were in Texas, I think you will remember this with George Malone, mm -hmm. and we went to George Malone's uh, place for dinner, and he was a vineyard pastor. And uh, he knew of my big miracle of being crippled and walking. And he wanted me to pray for his wife who had cancer because he was too close to the situation. But yet he wanted me to pray and get the revelation so that he could grab onto my revelation and the Lord said to me, 
I'm not going to give you that revelation and tell him to go back and get his own. Now, this is a serious thing, a very serious thing. You have to go back and get your own. Now, I'm not talking about go back and get a revelation for the church. That's not your business. I'm not talking about go back and get a revelation for the nation. That's not your business. Can you say this? Because we would rather go get those revelations. Oh, my. Does it cost a thing? Uh, yeah, the ones for you cost everything. The ones for somebody else doesn't cost anything. I'm not so telling you, you to go back and get other people's revelations. I'm talking about yours because yours is involved with relationship with God, the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So when you go back to get that, then you get how he unfolds it and brings in the next step. Of that revelation. He doesn't just tell you one word. Yes. He starts to say many words and opens it up and reveals it. Um, just when we did that, speaking of that, Pastor I brought this to your attention when we were talking about, I believe it was the gold one. They're all a blur right now because all of them are connecting. But um, when we were talking about getting that picture, and I came to you and I said, I, I just think the Holy Spirit just showed me where I miss it with him in a sense of not like miss it. I know he didn't tell me to miss it, <laughs> um, but, it. Uh, like where I don't go back to him for the full picture is that I'll get a prophetic word and that's it. That's my general picture. It says like, say again, I will use my own uh, life of you're going to have a business. So then I started creating that picture. Okay, well, that means I got to get my own space. I got to get this. I got to get this. I got to get this. And he didn't, I didn't give him the opportunity to continue to reveal right. it to me. That's right. But then go back to him. It's like, but you said I would have a business. See, the Holy Spirit is ongoing talking. Yes. Ongoing acting. Ongoing speaking. Ongoing relationship. It's not just one little drop and that's it, you know? No. It's funny because the Lord, um, I was doing my lesson for my dreams course this week and they talk about how when you get a visual from God, you think that's the only visual that God wants to give you. And the Lord said something to me in my journal. He's, uh, he said, Nathan, it's good you're getting the pictures, but what about all the other pictures that you haven't seen yet? I've got to, it's like a movie. A yeah, movie is yeah. made up of many scenes, yeah. not just one scene. What about all the other scenes that you haven't come back to get from me? What a boring movie you if know? it was one scene. And then, and, then, and then what we do is we hold on to the one scene that we've seen and we use that to be the generator of faith and we superimpose it onto every aspect of our life. Yes, that yes, one yes. scene becomes, becomes yes. everything. Yeah, you know? it becomes a corrupted visual because like Pastor's saying, it's not an ongoing picture. Pastor's taught this in her course so many times. Yeah. See into the picture. See movement. Yeah, Don't just see the one vision. thing. And this is a part mm. of the story. Revelation is a story. It's not just a word or a fact. Mm -hmm. So um, especially the revelation about yourself. God will tell you 
one thing about yourself and then he'll start to unfold many things. But people are satisfied with the this one the thing key. and that's oh, the laziness that the of the Christian. That is the key. We are satisfied with the one fact. One thing and, and that's just to we me. We think that's relationship. That's oh. re- no, I'm going to say it. That's laziness oh because relationship costs. It costs more than one thing. If you're satisfied that's with one conversation costing. for the rest of your life with, with a person, that's not a relationship. It's true. It's not. Wow. Do you want to make a comment? <laughs> <laughs> the manner had to be received every day. That's right. Otherwise, it was stale. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that's I was like that. I, I would live off one revelation for a year. I'm telling you. But, I mean, the Lord sorted me out very quickly. And look when it at all. Because we, um, I remember when. The be missed out. And I mean, this is a little bit of a different dynamic because it was, all of us had to get on the same page about where the Lord was leading us, you know, when mm. we moved into the building. And I, it was contrary to what I had seen, but I remember the Lord saying to me, well, um, the wisdom from above is easy to yield. And I thought, okay, I'm going to yield on this one because maybe what everyone else is seeing, I'm not seeing yet. And so we went with it, and if we didn't go through that, we wouldn't have been here anyway. So God had his way with us yeah. uh, right through it. And but you know what? I think he was blessed that we would believe. And, but I think we could go through it a lot quicker. <laughs> Hallelujah. It took us nearly a year. We, we do not need to go round the mountain. No. One trip around and out. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You see the scenery and yeah. move on. And you said, a, you said an interesting thing then. You said... We looked at about 30 places, maybe this is, more. This is, the ease, this is the ease, the seamlessness of the Holy Spirit. If we all get our own revelation, then we'll all be on the same page. Yeah. And we won't have to fight the division and the uni- and the disunity and the, well, my vision's going in this direction, your vision's going in this direction. Because a lot of times, it, the Holy... Can I say this? A lot of times, the Holy Spirit spends more time trying to get us all on the same page than actually speaking and revealing what he wants to reveal. And so all of the energy, the energia, the energy is put into, I have to get you to think like me and I have to get you to be in one accord with you and you to be in one accord with you and this roommate in one accord with this roommate and this husband in one accord with this wife. Got to speak the truth. When all of that movement in the spirit could be put into active seeing into the picture and some of some of these hard words that we would are we ready to hear we're lazy this is it. are we ready to hear it no you would rather just jump on the bandwagon of someone else's revelation Ciao. come along for the ride but the ride becomes boring after a while I'm and very bored. very <laughs> scary because the day will come when you'll face something beyond just a small thing, whether it be family or something else, and you have to know. You have to know. So you are compelled to go to know. Mm. Can, I, can I just share another? I'd just like to pull the, yeah, go ahead. Another personal sort of application to this. When, when, um, when we were looking for a new apartment. Oh, yeah. You yeah. right there, Pastor? Yeah, I just wanted it out a bit so I can see Oh, you. there you go. Hello. Oh, hi. Good evening. <laughs> I couldn't see you. <laughs> uh, Pastor blessed me because recently, you know, 
after COVID, parking in New York is impossible on a worldly level. I'm just right? The pastor said to us in jest just the other day, I should have asked the Lord for a driveway when I asked him for a brown, <laughs> for a <Yeah>. brown stone. <laughs> and I went, you know what? We, we were believing for big things. Why don't we just believe for that? The reason why I say that is there's a stage in your faith where what you were leaning on in the beginning and it's matured and God has glorified himself, but then it comes to the point where the Lord says, I don't want you to believe like this anymore. Yeah, you've got you've you gone beyond that more. point. Because I've got to be honest, I'm out there two hours sometimes. Where am I going to park, Lord? And I would get a revelation. I'd go there, nothing. I'd get another revelation. I'd go there, nothing. But you're that's, very obedient. But that's you? what I'm saying. I know it just sounds stupid, right? But I involve him in that because I don't want to spend two hours trying to find somewhere to park. So I've been giving up. I park the car where I'm not supposed to. And I sleep in it. <laughs> and it's, when I wake up, the Lord says, when are you going to believe for more? Yeah. Mm. I ain't going but this way anymore. But it's all to do mm. with it being an ongoing It's an thing. obedience. It's an ongoing process. I get the same. How many times have we same. been given that so word? Well, a revelation is not just one thing. Yeah, but I get the it, same. It's a picture that opens yeah. up. I get the same, but the Lord takes it a little bit deeper with me. I, I've been going around myself for, like I went last week, maybe two yeah, and a half I've hours. You do it. And I said to the Lord, okay, Lord, I said, Lord, I'm ready to sit in this car and wait if you want to talk to me. If you don't want, I said, if you don't want me to get a spot right now, then I'm, I'm, I'm all good with that. Maybe you want to do something. And then he took me deeper. He said, Nathan, what are you asking for? Are you asking just yeah. for me to give you a spot? Because he said that's just a fact. Mm. Like, and I, I had to, it had to land in me that revelation of, okay, mm. Lord, you want me to have a spot. Not, Lord, can you please give me a spot? You want me to have a spot because you want me to be able to go inside because you want me to rest. Because you know that when I'm See, rested. there's a whole conversation. You know that when I'm rested, place. I'm at a better place to be able to function for your kingdom. And because you love me and you just want to give me sleep. And I just said to the Lord the other day, I said, Lord, I would like a spot because I know you want me to have sleep. And literally 10 minutes later, this man walks out and he goes, I go, are you moving, sir? He goes, oh, I'm not going for another 10 minutes. I said, I don't mind waiting. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yes. I, the, that I'm constantly in the car talking with the Lord, you know, that, yeah. and it's the mindset. The spot is like very, very minimal, but it, it's, a, it's a kind of metaphor for other things in life. Mm -hmm. because the revelation of, okay, Lord, give me a spot, or the ongoing revelation of, you love me, you want me to have rest, yeah. you want me to be at peace, you don't want me to have to struggle for two and a half hours. That's what he's trying to convey more than just get a spot, yeah. you know? And yeah. that's the ongoing revelation. If that can help someone, it's going it's beyond... It's helping me, I'll be applying it tonight. <laughs> it's, it's, it's going beyond the one scene. No director makes a movie on one scene. No, yeah. no, no. Hi, it's a very uh, boring right. movie. I also got to the stage scene. where the Lord said to me, are you ready now to pay the price to make sure that you do get the time to rest or to do other things? Yeah. Or are you going to dictate to yeah, me gonna be how I should do it? Because yeah. 
you know, in New York, you can you pay a lot of money to find parking on a monthly basis. Well, the Lord wants me to believe for that because my time is valuable to Him That's and me. The key. So I've gotten from find me a spot to Lord fix the actual problem. Yep. Fix yeah. the problem. Fix and then the I got problem. to the hard truth. The other day I said to the Lord, do you want me to be parked right now? And he said, no, I don't. You're going to go around this. You're going to drive around because you're going to intercede for your sister. Yeah. Mm. And I said, I, and he said, and if you go inside right now, you're going to do what you want. Wow. And I've got your attention by That's getting deep. you to go around. So I was like, okay. So I did about two You'll hours use whatever going around. And then I said, Lord, are you finished? And so he said, yep, I'm done. I've got a spot. This. In saying all this, the point that we're coming to, you've really sold yourself short when you go on another man's revelation. Mm. There's more God wants to speak to you personally, not about the situation but about you and for you. Wow. Holy Spirit wants to speak more about for you and you know, about the situation? No. The situation could be that certain things... People jump on bandwagons here. In America, it's a well-known fact. They jump on bandwagons. Oh, everybody's a pastor. Everybody's got something to say about the church. No, they don't. They don't. There's one person that's going to be held accountable, not everybody else. Yes. They are only going to be held accountable for their portion in it. Do you understand for themselves? And so we tend, it, I don't know it, how to, to get it across to people, stop living on everybody else's revelation about yourself. Let wow. God show you. Let the Holy Spirit show you and and. Out of that will be created a relationship, not just a revelation, but a relationship. And you'll find it so much easier next time to go to him about the hard wow, talks. But Pastor, if I may, yeah, absolutely true. But the Lord will never give you everything about what you need to know. No. This is where leadership comes into play. Like yes. we all have a, pit, a part of the puzzle's picture, right? So God always reserves a small amount or a large amount to the confirmational ministry of your leaders. Why? He wants us and them to have interdep interdependence on each other. Yeah. This is why people constantly come to us and ask us for confirmation. And it's the word confirmation. They have, yeah, they, have, they haven't got the completeness So yet. what does confirmation bring? Yeah. Maturity and growth. Just a quick, another quick example. A young man came to, to us and asked about working interstate. Now he's only just growing in the Lord. And I'm, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, if this young man leaves New York City now, he's going to suffer because he's not going to get the nurture that he needs yeah. if he's here with us. But nevertheless, the Lord said, I'm in this, let him go. He goes to the place where yes. he was seeking this job and it, it turns out that they weren't, out. they weren't as truthful as they you know, pretended to be and he had to return almost the same day. He just didn't even stay even one day. 
And when he came back, I made sure I told him so that he wouldn't be discouraged. I said, you obeyed the Lord by faith. You really believed God was sending you, and God did. But he wanted you to see that not everything that people promise are cut out to what they say. Now let's believe that the Lord will get you something closer to home. And then within one week, he scored a job here in New York. And I believe if he didn't go and experience that, so he still trusted God going down, didn't work yeah. out, but he trusted God coming back. Very now, good. he could have said, oh, wow, I miss God. No, he didn't. He didn't. But it was. I'm saying this because what I originally said to my, my brother was, I prefer, I believe the Lord prefers that you get something where you don't have to leave the city and church because you're in yeah. a very delicate stage right now. So that's, God honored that. that's one way of, um, you know, learning from something, you know, someone's revelation or whatever. But I, you sell yourself short if you won't go after what God wants to show you, for you and about you. It's really important that we get this. Amen. Yes, Sorry, you we're gonna. Go on a break. Yeah. Yes, we're gonna take a, just a short break. You know, so people can have time to get a revelation for themselves on, about this last segment. <laughs> but um, but come back and get it confirmed. You know, to show that maturity in Jesus' yeah. name. But we'll be right back. Well, guys, we have returned. From another subportal that was take just control, Shania. I'm trying to. I'm trying <laughs> to get my own revelation about these buttons. <laughs> that's why. It's just and uh, the personal revelation of yours, you know, um, it's great. Yeah. And my personal revelation, but I'm in a, uh, a prophet, okay, and he, you know, expects more from me. So come Sunday night. I'm sitting down there and I'm facing, you know, trying to be in state of reality to do with my healing. I'm not going for goals anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going for the reality of the healing. I've experienced it and I can walk in it and I feel if I overcome the flu in the sense of in my mind thinking, well, that's the flu. I'm used to it. Somebody always says, oh, well, mm-hmm. you get over it in a few days. The flu. But Peter rebuked a fever on his mother-in-law and it left her immediately and she got up and made food for them. Mm. So therefore God wants us to have a different attitude about things. So I'm... I'm there and I'm I'm working with the Lord and I'm thinking, well, look, I'm sitting here in church and pastors uh, singing and the music's going on and, and Lord, uh, do you want to talk to me about in state of reality? This is what I said to do with, you know, going after the healing. Yes, see, and, and he starts to speak to me, but it's not about the flu. And it's not about overcoming. No, I want to talk to you about your daughter, my daughter. Have you asked me, am I going to heal her? 
I said, well, yeah. And he said, what about if she's going to live? And I went, uh, I haven't had that conversation. And he said, we'll have it. And do you know, while I was sitting there, I was holding on not to have that conversation. And it wasn't that I was living on pastors. And it wasn't that I had lack of faith. I didn't have lack of faith. I knew she was going to be healed. When and how, I don't know. And she was going to live and not die. I knew that for me. But as a prophet, God said, to me, talk to me about it. So the whole time I'm sitting down there, I'm trying not to talk to him about it. And he wanted me to talk about it. And then pastor gets up and he preaches. And as he's preaching, he's saying, all these thoughts come to you. All these thoughts hit you. And I've just been dealing with every one of those thoughts. And he said, now, get up and declare it. You've heard me, get up and declare it. So when I got up, I had it for me. I had it for me. It was mine, right? Mine. And then when I got up, he said, now when I'm ready, you will declare it for all. From New York to Sydney, we'll hear, she will live and not die and proclaim the name of the Lord. Now as, a, yeah, now, as a result of that, this picture is unfolding. This was on Sunday, and then a man who is a prophet, who moves, an, an apostolic man, started speaking about the bloodstream on the same time as I proclaimed it. That's the problem with her. It's her bloodstream has shut down coming against her. I'm not going to say it's a problem because it's coming against her. I will not let it be owned. No. So I turned around and yesterday he spoke to me again more into the story. Every single day he's adding more, opening the story up. More and more. Now, if I'd lived on my husband's revelation... I never have got this story opened up. That's how important this is. Do you understand? But as a prophet, I had to proclaim it. I had to proclaim it. Not everybody gets to proclaim it, but I had to proclaim what God said. I wanted to talk about overcoming the cold, you know, the flu situation. But he didn't want to talk about that. He wanted to talk about her healing. Which is, a, which is a very deep issue that he wanted you to be free from. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he can heal the cold in a second, but yeah. he has to go. And if you do believe for uh, the healing of a cold, I mean, I was crippled and I walked. But if you believe the, the, that, what else can you believe for? Because that Anything. is the main thing that nobody goes after. Yeah. Oh, well, these symptoms, I only said to one of the sisters here tonight, I said, we should be going after each symptom, but we just lump the cold together, you know, sore nose, sore eyes, 
a sore throat, coughing. We should individually be dealing with each one of those things. Jesus. Anyhow, that's just a little side uh, issue. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's Could I just reiterate that? It's good. Because we, we did want to go back in the scripture out of um, Ephesians. You know when we put on the armour of God? The word for sword of the spirit is rema. Yeah. And a lot of saints quote the logos, which is not, nothing wrong with that. As long as the Lord tells you this logos applies, the logos has now become rema. And so I don't want to get too theological at this time, but all of the Bible is originally rema. We have now designated it logos because it's the bottom line for everything we do. Right, so all current remers are judged by the former remers, which is the logos now. But nevertheless, a living relationship with God, you're only as good as your last remer from God. Your strength is only as good as your last remer from God on any given situation. Pastor's talking about Christy. Now that she's got a remer from the Lord. Now he can talk to me about that other line, things. That line, you're right, the enemy is not going to cross that line. Because nah. he knows God's behind it. Can you understand? He's in his word. So he can't throw that at Pastor or any of our remers because we, we've allowed the Lord to step into that. If he tries to come against that, he's coming against the Lord. But he will try to get other areas where of the Lord hasn't, go in other weak hasn't areas. spoken. So just to encourage you all, that's how you win the battle. Yeah, that's and what I want to talk about. And that will come up in the right spiritual to bear warfare. arms. Yeah. Spiritual and warfare. and, and the other about. thing is that um, he finds you weak areas, the enemy. Let's talk about him now. He finds you weak areas <coughs> and he works on them. You see, and Chris was a weak area because she's far away from us and we can't be there to, you know, walk with her. But the Lord said to me, the only difference between you and her is she lives at a different address to you than you live. Don't ever think because you're one place and she's another, there's distance. You tell her when she walks into that hospital, we're with her. We are with you. We walk in with you. We are in that room. And see, that became a reality to her. You see, it, it's, and so God says to me, by doing these things, you are now strengthening the weakness. I can talk to you more revelation about these things now and, and strengthen this weakness. And I can now talk to you the hard words if I have to. What I might need you to hear what I have to say. You know, I face life and death. What's there more? That's my question. What's more that you need to face? He faced something very big. I faced it very big. We just try to guard our heart way too much. And we're missing out because we guard our heart and we don't even realise the one that will really guard our heart is the one we need to face. 
and stop making him an enemy. I think it's important to understand that the question that you're running from will be the actual answer that will unlock your life. And if you run from it like Jonah, and it's funny because the Lord said to me just then, he said, you know, the personal revelation, the Ninevites got a personal revelation of God's grace that Jonah never had. You know, he never got that personal revelation. And um, yet the Ninevites got it. They knew that he was a God of grace, a God of forgiveness, acceptance. But when you run from something that God is trying to, you know, talk to you on, that whole thread is, and it's what you said then, Pastor Tony, with that Rima, when you get that established, the enemy can't attack that. But he'll now... He he will try to get you off track. What he'll try to do is, did God say? Yeah. He'll change his tactic. And I think we need to talk about this quickly. He'll recognize. And this is how you can recognize when he changes his tactic, whether it's established in you. Because when he starts to say, did God say? Yes. He's changed it from it's not going to happen to now, oh, I've got to change my tactic because you really believe this. So now I've got to throw the did God say? At you. This is what look. This is what he. Why didn't Satan tempt Adam? Why did he tempt Eve? It had nothing to do with gender equality. Eve didn't hear God personally. Yes. Yes. And, yes. Come on, PT. Her prophet husband can didn't. I t- can I twerk Communicate the word of the Lord the way he should have, and he did a war over that word with his wife. He didn't take Eve aside and say, look, honey, whatever happens, when you're, whenever you're near that tree of knowledge, make sure I'm there. That's what he's, I mean, all this hindsight stuff. is. No, no, this is good. This is good. It's so true. But it, she didn't get a personal revelation no. from it's, God. It's, it's good because um, it's our responsibility as the Church of Jesus Christ to move in this area. Where, uh, you know, we're talking about the Rima and we're talking about it being the Word of God, the literal Word of God, not the Logos. And we know that's the Word of God, the written Word. But when you have to fight that with the two-edged sword of that Rima, it's got to be your Rima. It can't be someone else's. Isn't it funny how the first thing that he said to Eve was, did God say that you shall yeah. surely die? He knew that she didn't. Look, if he, if he threw that to Adam, there he would have no went, <laughs> yeah. Adam would have yeah, wouldn't have been a question. <laughs> I talked with him. <laughs> yeah. Don't try it. Of course he did. I was there. I heard him say it. Yeah. Wow. Eve couldn't do that. She wasn't there. She went on the hearsay, because yeah, that's hearsay. what it's called in court, the testimony of yeah, someone hearsay. else. Right. And in court, that is not permissible right it has to be a sole witness testimony yep, it's be, otherwise yeah. the judge will say i'm sorry that's hearsay that's hearsay unless the person said it themselves and they're here in this courtroom it doesn't get admitted wow so we've got to stop going on the hearsay revelation of other people to generate faith for the promise and the belief in a god that will answer Oh, yeah. this is so good. Pastor, Go you, ahead, said, hit that, baby. you said about facing it, right? Head on. Yeah. Now, 
It's the hard when, word, when, but it's not really a hard word. No, We've just made it a hard but word. Can I, can I, before you go there, can I quickly throw in, I said yeah, this yeah. to Pastor Robin can last night. David could kill Goliath because he got a revelation yeah. Not that he would take the, his head off. He said, Goliath, the today the Lord my God will deliver you into, into my, my hands. And he could look at, this is, the, this is the metaphor of it. He could look his giant right in the face. He didn't, he didn't you know, I was saying to Natalie last night when we were talking to her, I was like, he wasn't like, a, in American terms, a thousand yards back there. To kill him, he had to go right up to his in face. In his face. He had to be in shooting you know, distance. Yeah, shooting distance, right up there with the confidence. No other Israelite had heard God say that he wanted to deliver Goliath into their hands. Wow. They had let the fear be the greatest voice in their head. And by the way... And he comes along this puny little kid who's so used to having relationship with him in the fields, singing, praising, communing, connecting, intimacy. And that was the doorway for him to go, David, I want to do this. And then, by the way, the, the, the brothers of David, yeah, they wanted to jump on the bandwagon, you know. They wanted to jump on the bandwagon. You see, when you when you don't go the way God wants you to, you will jump on the bandwagon, but the bandwagon's got no strength in it, no power in it. I'll tell you, the, the three older brothers, their whole attitude towards David changed after Goliath because prior to Goliath, they, they got angry at him. You know, what are you doing here? You know, you should be with the sheep because he started asking questions about Goliath. That's right. And his brother scalded him. But as soon as he came back from taking off the giant's head, they oh, that's my brother. Hey, bro, that's my brother. Yeah, anyway, right. I just wanted to say this, Pastor, before we go yeah. on. But they weren't you saying said, that beforehand. No. They weren't owning him. No. And this has happened in the church all the time. We shoot our own wounded until they're our, they're our, our heroes. But, you know... The Lord spoke to Adam before Eve was even created. Think about this. What? I'm still stuck on what you just said. We shoot shoot our own wounded until they become our heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The Lord spoke spoke to Adam about the two trees before Eve was even created. So from the time that Eve was created and was Adam's wife, Till the time that she was tempted, we don't know how long that was, but it would have been a fair while, I would assume, because they would have had you know time with the Lord, communing every afternoon in the you know the cool of the afternoon. So why didn't Eve ever ask Adam? So what what's the deal with this tree? Explain it to me. See, she should have gone to her husband and said, "What's the deal with the tree?" But I, I feel like you've been saying she possibly wasn't like ready to go deeper into why that tree was forbidden. It was going to cost her. Yeah. It was going to cost a relationship yeah, and that, That's one of the self. keys of why we don't want to hear the truth. Yeah, Because it, it will cost you. It will cost you relationship yeah. beyond yourself. And that's why I wasn't ready to hear it about my son because I wasn't ready to understand the weight that that was going to cost me in giving up my life... Yeah. To help my son, if and it he, would be so much easier to go the other road for that, a while. You know, put that in into that kind of unfortunate. You know, but do you hear that? If you see, even though it would have hurt in the end, 
you know, to believe a certain thing cuts some of that responsibility and also, you know, the relationship. Oh, well, uh, um, you know, that means I'm really going to have to, uh, you know, if I believe this, then then I'm not going to be able to get frustrated with it. I'm not going to be able to get angry. I'm not going to be able to... Uh, I'm going to have to pay the price of getting up more. I'm going to have to do something. It's going to cost me. It's always going to cost you. But how much it's going to cost you will show the power of it. Whoa. I think we need to take a break and go to our last segment. We need to answer some questions. I think we'll record the questions tonight because they're going to be really good for. Sure. So, is board. everyone enjoying this? I, I mean, again, I like to hear from the people that are online. So, again, give me the thumbs up. I need to see them so that we know we're getting through. So, come on, you guys, online. <laughs> yes, Go ahead, so Shania, take it. Taking this Get out. Get them active. Yes. Um, yeah, so we're going to just take a short break um, before people are giving thumbs up. Well, people are giving thumbs up, so even before the break, people are giving thumbs up. So make sure you give your thumbs up um, while we go on this break, and we'll be right back. Hello again, guys. Wow. This has been such... I, we said we was gonna, it was going to be a Jim Normus portal in the beginning. <laughs> um, but, again, just other perspectives of, you know, the Holy Spirit. And even we briefly touched on it, but literally understanding that it's not just the Father, not just the Son that loves us, but the Holy Spirit loves That's us. That's the one. That's what we must finish with, Shania. Yes. Because when we look at love, we look at the other two parts mm -hmm. of the Godhead. We need to see the Holy Spirit does what he does because of love. Yes. And honestly, that revelation alone has switched the conversation because, again, as Pastor Nate has mentioned, we talk to him about the doing because we only see the Holy Spirit as the doer. Yeah. But now I feel like we can unlock that love, that same love we feel from the Father, the same love we feel for the Son, and communicate that to the Holy Spirit. It's just bringing such a different dynamic. Just to bring it into like an understanding for someone. I learned this in um, – it's funny, Pastor always is on time – this learning about the Holy Spirit as a person for healing power um, in my course. And they, they say it like this. Even to do, there has to be a force to push you to do. Like for you to get up and do something, you have to have an activating breath in your lungs. So what is the breath? Let's use the metaphor. What is the breath? Replace that. What is the breath in the Holy Spirit's lungs to, to activate that work in your life? To do. He is the doer. But why does he do it? Because of love. Because of his love. Yes. So yes. understand it like that, you know? Yes. You can't do something without having a force behind you as a person, a generating inspiration, feeling, emotion. Every, everything to do he it. does is activated, motivated by, by love. love. 
Yeah. And he's not a, per- a force, he's a person. Yeah. With emotions and, you know, it's like we always look at the Holy Spirit as Star Wars theology, the force be with you. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. he's not, he's a person. He's the third person of the Godhead and he's mm-hmm. God on earth. And he's very interested in everything about you. Wow. That's so good. Amen. And when you get that. You want to get your own revelation. That will be, (laughs) hey, I'm going to come to you every day for a revelation. I'm telling you. And uh, uh, you could tell me whatever you want to tell me because I want to just hear from you. Yeah, so powerful. All All right. right. That's it, babe. You want to hit that one again and then you think about that, guys. First question is actually from um, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And she's saying here, um, I realize that it goes beyond believing I will have a daughter, but I don't believe that God loves me, created me to be loved, and actually wants to bless me. If I don't believe God loves me and will give me the best, is that the first thing I need to get real with God um, about before even asking about any other revelation yeah. for myself? Yeah. I would say so, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it makes it too clinical that otherwise, Elizabeth. You know, it makes it way too clinical believing for a daughter and yet not believing because he loves you that he wants to give to you. If you don't get that reality, then it just makes everything clinical and cold. And then she asked the second part of the question, um, also what would the right questions be? to ask about these thoughts. I believe I have an answer for that one. Go for it. In my course, we're going to talk about the the actual understanding of God's love. So yeah. you ask God, God, do you love me? And he says, yes, I love you. <clears throat> but now I think you go deeper. You need to say, Lord, why do you love me? Yeah. What does your love look like for me? Yeah. Yes. How do you have love the conversation. me? You know, like he might say, I love you. He might point out characteristics that you have diminished and hated about yourself. You and he made, might say, I love that. You made your conversation way too clinical. Yeah. Like the you, just a practical example, you might be someone that, you know, is um, talks a lot when you have conversation, over explains yourself, mm. you know, and you might hate that about yourself. But when you ask the Holy Spirit, he might say, and the Father and Jesus, all three of them might say, we love that about you. Yeah. We put that in you. Yeah. We use that. Yeah. To communicate who we are to people. You know, and so find out why he loves you. Not just that he died for you, but what does he like about you? Ask the Lord. And, and my, my statement with the Holy Spirit was such a beautiful thing when uh, the Father spoke to me and says, it hurts me the way you think of yourself as rejected. You see, that, that's, that's intimacy. All right, the next question, I hope that helps, Liz. Um, I would start with the questions of not just Jesus loves me, yes, I know, because you don't, if you don't know that, you need to know it. But now you need to go into why, why, why do you love me? What do you love about me? How do you love me? Give me a visual. Give me a story, a visual scenes of how you love me every day. See into it. All right. Next one is um, what is the next step after you have heard God say something you don't want to hear? 
but he will never just leave you with I see that's only half the story okay you need to read your Bible when you read the Bible in the book of Psalms there's always three parts to the psalm there's always uh, you know what needs to be done who he is and there needs to be another part of it where he causes you to pause and think about it and then suddenly you remember who it is that made the earth and made the stars and made the moon. It's that. And to be a half a, a conversation, Holy Spirit never has a half a conversation. If there's something you don't like, it's because it's not good for you and he's going to show you something better for you. So what would be the next step practically after, the, say, the Listen the, to him the person, so he can finish the whole conversation. So don't cut the conversation no, short. No, don't cut it short. At this condemnation or self-abasement, listen for the whole conversation. He, he'll never leave you at what you're not. And, and he's not necessarily going to tell you right away the whole conversation. He might get you to pause and he might show himself to be bigger than you and how he's going to bless you through this whole thing by listening to the whole conversation. That's good. All right, um, another question here we have is, how should we go about sharing with others about our own revelations about certain situations, specifically with people who are involved in the same situation? I tend not to share because I'm afraid of stumbling others, whether I heard it right or I missed it. And that's from Jihei. When you have a revelation about something, how do you go about sharing that revelation with others, keeping it so that it's your revelation and then making it so that others don't go off your revelation? Is that, is well, what I'm usually saying. talking about, uh, uh, you know, Jihei, I'm usually talking about, uh, you know, believing on another man's revelation um, about situations to do uh, with your life. But usually, your revelation is your business. It's usually about you. It's not about around you. You see, we always want to share with the revelations around us. I don't know if we're so insecure that we've got to be able to say, well, look, God hasn't forgotten me. Go back to the Lord, and let's learn to walk a different type of relationship with the mm. Lord, step by step. It, you don't have to share them with other people. If they're for you, they're for you. But we always tie it in with sharing for someone else because it's about something big and great that's going to happen. I'm talking about personal revelation. If I may add um, just a kind of example that, that she could you? possibly be talking about. Uh -huh. For instance, if you as a household need to move, similar to what you guys were talking about. Oh, right? okay. And one that, has one revelation that would about be, it. If there's four people in the home, then four people are involved in that. Yeah. 
you're only going to get a portion. You're not going to get the whole thing. Right. I also think, to help Jihei, you don't share what God has given you with other people to believe it. That's it. You believe it so much so that you share it. Yep. So you then gotta, you leave it. Yeah, and you've got. So yeah, you believe the word so much so that you speak it out. And it's what not do you do after that? You leave it. It's God, the yeah. Holy Spirit, to confirm it. Yeah. You don't get to confirm it. Okay, hmm. that's the problem. When we get a revelation, we want to be the confirmer of it for everybody. Yeah. And we mm. rub the Holy Spirit of his Jeez. his purpose and his place. Wow. Yeah, that's good. So that's a definite um, key to that one. Okay. Um, uh, Aaron says something here too that I want to just maybe speak into. He says, when I asked God, do you love me? He said, I sent my son for you. Now, I think, Aaron, that's good, but that's stage one. <laughs> Don't stop there. Yeah. You've got to go beyond that's religious. just the cross in the sense of... The cross is the ultimate, but the cross has to apply to every facet of who you are. Like I said, you've got to go to God and That's say... That's too well, much separation. Yeah, it's too much separation. It's too much religion. Why did you die for me? And then the Holy Spirit was telling me as I was learning, he died for the pre-salvation state of you, but he also died for the salvation state of you. Yeah. He died for everything you were before you accepted him, and he died for everything, everything you were after you, you accepted him. It's like forgiveness. True forgiveness is not forgiveness until you forgive the person for the state that they are they really were. in. You know, denial. If, you've, if you deny that the person is that way and say, oh, I forgive you, you'll never forgive someone until you come face to face. Here it is again. Face with what face. they really have done and really are. And then you say, in spite of what you are or what you've done, I choose to forgive you. So it's, it's the same thing. Jesus did that with us. He came face to face with what sin made us and in spite of it, and he I'd chose to forgive us. And I'd like to say something to Aaron. I think that's powerful. Is it Aaron from Sydney? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to say something to Aaron. I'd like to say, until you believe it, God won't stop saying it. You'll repeat it and repeat it. If you want to hear more, you better start to believe it. You see... He not only died, gave his, what was the actual word? Yeah. He's, that's too clinical. Yeah. It's got to go, go deeper. Can you see yourself in Christ on the cross? Can you see that he was bruised so that you don't have to be bruised? See, get that. Go deeper. Because if you don't believe it, that's all he's going to keep saying. He repeats it and repeats it and says, till one day he's going to say, like he said to me, I said a question and he said, don't ask me that question again. So he says here, um, that was when he was first born years ago that he got that response. So now, if that's the response that you got first born years ago, then the Holy Spirit, like you said, has grown in the relationship. Yep. Excuse me. And he wants to grow in a deeper revelation of Definitely. why he loves you every day, you know? Yeah. Like the Lord has told me, Nathan, I love you because um, 
like he said something to me in my recent journal. He said, I love you because you think of others. Yeah. He said, you, you always think of how life affects other people. And I thought, wow, I, okay. And he said, that's me and you. And he said, but I love that you let that come forward. Yeah. He said, that attracts me to you. Yeah. To hear that is like, Look at that. Wow. Attracts that. That you don't think that of God saying yeah, that, that to you, Shania. That attracts me to you. That That's, hey, how can we look at the Holy Spirit like that? He's attracted by something. See? We don't, it's something you need to just go to him about. Let's have the hard conversation. I agree with both of you. I just want to maybe add this to Aaron's question, right? Because we, we can quote the word again, God so loved the world that he gave his son. But when you think about loving the whole world, you're just one out of seven billion. Yeah. Right? So what's so special about you, Aaron? You have to ask the next level, right? Because... Not the whole world has had the revelation of Jesus. Why did he choose you? Ah. To get the revelation of Jesus. So that would be, a, for everyone, that would be a really powerful question to start asking. Hey, but let's not make God's Why did love you conditional. Me? No. He loved us when we were unlovable. But he saw something in us of himself that he's going to draw forward in Christ. Because... Agape love is unconditional love. So he, he, if he's ready to hear beyond the clinical answer, it can be something like, uh, I saw something so special in you. But are you ready to receive that? So you just listen. Go beyond listening to that. Say, if he says it to you again, you say, okay, I've got it. Now, what else do you want to say? What else is it that attracts you to, to me? me? I think that's a question we could all ask. You know, and I love that what you said then, Pastor Tony. Why did you choose me? Are we bold enough to ask the Lord that? <laughs> that's the hard questions. And that, and that always puts it in the future context. Yeah. He, he doesn't love you for who you were. were. I mean, he does in a sense that he wants to forgive us. Yeah, but he but loves you for who you are. He, it's, he has something that he wants to bring forward in us mm. that he Even loves. He loves us to do that. But also, again, what I learn is he doesn't love us for who we will be. No. He loves us for who we are. So he doesn't let go even when we let go. Yeah. I think that's a very, if everyone listening can ask that question in your time with the Lord, in devotion time, prayer time, that might shut the voice of rejection up that yeah. you keep battling. It, it did with me. Or that might shut the voice of self-inadequacy or self-hate. Why did you choose me? Yeah. You know, what were you attracted to in me? And, and. What it said with me, the word was, it hurts me to see the way you look at yourself. All right, we've got to wrap yeah. up because we're coming in to our final we question. Have three questions. So there's another question here. Um, I have, what is the question or questions we should be asking the Holy Spirit when we go to him? 
I don't even know where to start. Yeah. That's from Alexandra. <laughs> yeah. I think we just answered that. Why did you choose me? Why do you love me? Um, why, what attracts you to me? Your spirit in me. Get the revelation of his love first before you start asking about anything if, else. If you were, you know, um, had someone that loved you, you know, a husband or something, these are the questions you would have in your heart. Why do, uh, is he so attracted to me? Why does he love me? Why does it have to be different? Why does it have to be different? Why do you just associate that with flesh? You need to associate it with God the Spirit. There was another question here. Um, someone says, I forgot who asked it, but um, I've gone to God about some questions, but the ones closest to my heart are harder to discern God's voice versus the enemy and to know which one is speaking. If you go to him, be assured he's going to answer it. So any keys or tools on... Yes, it has to line up with the Logos. Yep. You need to know what God thinks on subjects... Start in the Bible. Do a word search. If it's forgiveness, if it's uh, healing, if it's provision, go to the Word of God. That's the bottom line. And then check your thoughts to see if they line up with what he's already said. And then once you realize that what he's already said confirms or rejects what you're thinking, you go from there. But you, you're speaking on a practical Situation. That's where you got to start. She's but with me, she? yep. she's asking whether what I'm hearing is God or the yeah. devil. Um, yes. Did she actually say yeah, what? That's what that's she's what, asking. Well, then again, what I heard her say was, "I asked these this question. Would you repeat the question again?" I have gone to God about some questions, but the one closest to my heart is hard to discern God's okay. voice See. versus the enemy. How do I know which one is God speaking? You ask the question that you need to ask and listen for God to answer it. You don't expect him to answer it. So therefore, you don't hear it. That's very good. The biggest key that you must learn is he's a communicating spirit, Holy Spirit. God the Spirit is a communicator. He doesn't just say one thing and then shut the whole thing down. He wants this conversation more than you do. All right, I've got two more. Three more, actually. We've got to wrap up because it's going in three hours, Lord Jesus. Well, really, two hours because we spent an hour. Half an hour bantering warming, about warming, warming up. it up. All right, next question. These are good questions. Um, I th believe Pastor Sonia. I have it if yeah. you need to. She says, to be fully transparent, I don't really see how the emotion of the love of God affects my life at the end of the day. If I'm honest, I'm grateful for the love of God, but it sometimes seems like an extra benefit and it seems like God's not asking me to focus on his love, but it's more about getting on with it and he is showing me and walking with him. I don't want to get too caught up because it just doesn't seem practical. What would you say to this? I would say you need freedom. 
Gosh, yes. You need major deliverance because love is the only force. Love is the only motive that God does anything. Anything. It doesn't do anything out of love. It does it all out of love. You can't see it, Pastor Sonia, any other way. It couldn't even exist with just one person in the Godhead because it would not be love. There had to be three. Even the practical yeah. is tied in with love. I would say you've believed a belief system and it's robbed you of understanding the love of God. You need to sign yourself up for freedom and you need a break agreement that love does nothing for your life. Love is the only thing that the world, any whether believer or non-believer, runs on. Yeah. It's the love, the love of God. It's not the last thing. No. It's the first thing. It's the thing in the middle and it's the end thing. Faith cannot do anything without love. <sighs> it's all based Faith on love. motivated by love. Faith energized by love. Paul says it. Faith energized by love. Working yeah. through. Remember, the working through is energia. Yeah. The active work of the Holy Spirit to energize your faith through his love. So love is not a it's not a secondary So the thought. Holy Spirit it's primary. The Holy Spirit doesn't do something as a uh, a work or an action if it is if it isn't based on love you haven't got the Holy Spirit working through it. This is it. And so the whole thing is based on love. It's because of his love for you that he does. Get that, please. Just like because of his love for the Father, he does. All right. That's a good question and that's a good I think that's the key. Way to say Direction. Yeah. Um, okay, Jennifer says... Um, Jen Kim says, from rem- remembering what my mum declared after witnessing my epilepsy for multiple days, what would help sustain my memory operation or forgiveness? You go ahead. Well, I'm learning something. Um, and this goes to the next question from Amanda Chris. So this can be a double answer. How do I move from second guessing if I'm hearing God or believing what he says about me? I'm learning this. Thankfulness secures faith. It's like skin on faith. So you can believe it, but if you're believing it doesn't drive you to being thankful and praising for it, you'll jump in and out of disbelief and belief. Thankfulness is a security, a skin for your confession and your faith. Yeah, keep seeing it. It literally the, is like the skin on your faith. That's part of the um, the Ezekiel 37. Yeah. So thankfulness. Thankfulness and praise is what keeps the invaders out. So thankfulness is where God says, right, you've believed me, you've acted out, you've meditated on me, but now you've got to thank me. But can I please just end that one for, for Amanda Chris? What, what was the last part uh, she, she says, said? Yeah, how do I move from second guessing if I'm hearing God or believing what he says about me? He's never going to... St- I don't know, understand this, Amanda. You're not hearing God, you're hearing yourself because God would never say something evil about you, Ever. So 
You know, if you're hearing, I would suggest to you a little process. Check the fruit, locate the fruit, then you'll know the root. And to maybe, go, maybe she defines second guessing. I think she's saying like God says something positive about her, but she second guesses it herself yeah, and, and doesn't and, believe it. And so the fruit of what's being said in your second guessing is either you or the devil. Yeah. Nothing to do with God. Yep. And again, I would go back to the importance of thankfulness. When you thank the Lord and you show him that you're ready to thank him for what you've confessed, it moves beyond just confession and action. It's the finality. It's the closure of your faith. And one more thing, just to give you a revelation from the Spirit right now. God's not looking at you. He's looking at his Son in you. That's who he's looking at. So you want to know? Just shine more of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Well, guys, this has come to the end of our Portals podcast. And hopefully you are extremely encouraged to have so much uh, conversation with the Holy Spirit and not rob yourself of his goodness and his, most importantly, his love because he loves us all. And hopefully after walking away and hearing this, you will start with being thankful and praising him for loving you. Wow. Amen. So until next time, bye-bye, bye-bye now. now. Bye.